0: Hi, this is Sandy Rios of Sandy Rios 24-7, and this is the latest show prepared just for you. We just returned from the beautiful Purcell Farms in uh, Silicauga, Alabama. And, you know, when you go to a farm, you think, uh, well, cows and domestic and you know, milking cows and pigs and all of that, and certainly this farm has some of that. They actually have longhorn cattle when you drive into the farm, but Let me just say, this is a story uh, that is much more uh, than just about farming. For those of you that are golfers, this conversation with the owners, David and Ellen Purcell, is going to surprise you because uh, they are involved in the golfing industry worldwide. And it relates to their farm, but we'll save that conversation for them. But when we got into the conversation with David and Ellen, I think we got a lot more than we bargained for uh, in the sense, uh, well, I'll let you hear, uh, it was uh, a really wonderful conversation that no matter what your interests are, you're going to find fascinating. So I hope you'll uh, stay tuned to listen. Uh, let me just thank all of you who are donating to, for pre-born. We are so grateful. You know, pre-born is the direct competition to the abortion industry and the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the United States. By letting a woman see her baby on ultrasound and hear the heartbeat, a baby's chance at life is actually doubled. Over the past 16 years, Preborn has partnered with pregnancy clinics in the highest abortion cities and regions across the country, providing life-saving ultrasounds. 65.3 percent of the nation's number of abortions occur only in nine states. That's in order of abortion occurrence, California, New York, Florida, Texas, Illinois, New Jersey, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and North Carolina. I don't know what state you're in, but that kind of gives you an idea of what we're dealing with. If you would like to help us stop that, stop the killing of babies in those states and all the other states, in addition to that, all you have to do is dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, baby, Or go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. It's $28 for one ultrasound, and that gives you an idea. But any amount that you can give, I know that Preborn will appreciate it, and so will Sandy Rios 24-7. Also, I want to add, you know that if you have something to say or comment to make about the show, you can call us at 662 821-2040. Jot that down somewhere because you might be listening someday and think, oh my goodness, I didn't like what she just said, or I loved what she just said, or I didn't like that Bruce guy. Uh, If you want to let us uh, leave a message, just call 662-821-2040. Or you can send us an email at sandy at afr.net. And you can find Sandy Rios 24-7 at all the major podcast platforms but home base is afr.net. AFR.net. The best thing of all is to put an app, AFR Talk, on your smartphone and listen away anytime, any day, anywhere in the world where you are. Okay, so meanwhile, back at the ranch, no, meanwhile, back at the farm, I hope you'll sit back and relax because this is really a great conversation. All right, Sandy Rios with you on Sandy Rios 24-7. And uh, I wish I could describe where I'm sitting. I'm sitting in the home of David and Ellen Purcell. Uh, they are the owners and operators of Purcell Farms. There's a lot more to it, but I'll just start with that. Uh, this is a beautiful place. and. Uh, We are here for the AFA donor retreat, which is just a real privilege. Great speakers, and last year when we were here, uh, we Bruce and I had the privilege of sitting near David and Ellen, having a little conversation with them. And I thought it was so fascinating. I have not forgotten, and I asked if they would join me uh, this year to talk a little bit about their lives and their their work because it's pretty interesting. Ellen and I were just talking, and I was saying, you guys really do have. Uh, an abundant life, you know, which God promises. This is an abundant life. And that's what God gives to those of us that serve him. It's a wonderful thing. So you guys are living evidence of that. All right. So David, uh, you are currently the CEO of FarmLinks LLC. Uh, You just resigned your position as vice president of marketing and new product development for Agrium Advanced Technologies. Ladies and gentlemen, this is very interesting. And it's complex. It's not what you think. And so stay with me as I learn all the com- some of the complexities of this because it's a fascinating thing that Ellen and David are doing. Um, they, uh, they do technology for farms. They do uh, experimentation and development for uh, golf courses. Um, it's not just a farm and a resort, which is what it is. And that's why I'm here. But they have a very... Interesting history. David, let me just, uh, first of all, just stop for a second and say welcome. Thanks for joining me. Ellen, thank you for joining us. Um, You have a very interesting uh, story. Your g- great grandfather, go- this story goes back to your great grandfather. So, good morning, first of all. How <laughs> are <morning>. you? <laughs> good
3: morning. I'm good. Are you ready
0: to launch in? You probably told this story a few times, right? I know it. Yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> All right, seriously. I mean, what did your your great grandfather? Um, yeah, got Dewitt Alexander Parker. Was he Dutch?
3: I have no idea. I don't think so. But uh,
0: Dewitt sounds is Dutch. That's the reason I. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well.
3: So so my grandfather um, was um, raised in Sulacaga, Alabama, and in uh, 1904 he founded the silicaga fertilizer company silicaga is the little town where um, where where I was raised it's about 10 miles from here and uh, he was the uh, the depot clerk for the for the railroad coming through actually there were two silicaga was founded on two railroads crossing one another and uh, and so he was the the railroad depot and- did you grow
0: up with trains coming by? In your house, could you hear them?
3: Oh, sure, me Absolutely. too. I mean, yeah. that was great, and late I loved at, it. Late at night, you know, you hear yeah, the yeah.
0: It didn't. And it didn't wake you up. It was kind of like soothing. Yeah, there's the drink. You yeah, if about, they yeah.
3: didn't blow, I thought something was wrong. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, um, so so in the early 1900s, about 96 percent of people were involved in some type of agriculture in Alabama. So uh, did he did you was,
0: say? Oh, in that year, 19. 19-
3: 1904
0: 1904 people were yeah
3: 1904 so uh early 1900s it was you know very uh agrarian if that's a word i don't know i'm from alabama it's a word uh, but regardless of that he saw an opportunity and um and founded this little small fertilizer business he operated it uh again it was all agricultural back then and then my when he passed away in 1930 His son, Howard Parker Sr. Your grandfather. My grandfather, my mother's father, um, moved from Atlanta. He had been working for Armor Fertilizer Company. So, anyway, um, it's been a a generational family business. My father actually married into the business uh, in, um, well, he got married to my mother in 1953. And, um, and then he came back, started work in 1956. My grandfather passed away in uh, 1964. So my father actually became president CEO of the company. And then, obviously, I'm the fourth generation. My kids are the fifth. My grandchildren are the sixth. So it's, but the fertilizer business, we, we actually sold um, – uh, we divided it in 1997. We sold – Part of it, uh, the part that I ran out here, that's, this is the story of Purcell Farms, and uh, we actually sold that in 2006. So when you said I had just stepped down from being, uh, uh, you know, associated with Agrium, well, that was in, uh, that was in 2008 when okay. I stepped down. So <laughs> right. that was news. <laughs>
0: well, that, okay. Well, uh, the, it's interesting to me because, uh, as you well know, So often, generations don't hand down successfully their enterprises. You know, the kids have a different view, or they're not interested, or they... they But it sounds to me that you guys brought your own ideas, that you brought your own gifts, and just rather than... You just took it in a different... You morphed it into something. You enhanced it. Is that right? Is that what your dad did, too? Uh, Yeah, I would
3: would say so. Yeah. Definitely.
0: So, so uh, you, Ellen, is sitting here. Ellen, thanks for joining us. Um, you guys, did you go both go to Auburn? Yes, is we did. Is That where you met this cute guy? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> now, your expertise <clears throat> is
1: well raising our six children for one. <laughs> well, that's that was good. priority. Good right? job, well done. Okay. And and, um, and then I was always on the side, just helping out with decor and um, the storyline. That went about the
0: business. So you, yeah, I mean, but no, you design, you decorated the, there's be- this, your home is gorgeous. Uh, the Thank inn you. is gorgeous. So Thank you me. did a few things besides raise the kids, which is stellar. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. All right. So, um, so this whole thing, Purcell Farms, let's talk about this just for a second. Was this something that you guys, this was your vision? Is this something that both of you developed?
3: Um well my my parents uh moved out here in uh the late 1970s after I finished high school um and so I had the idea to uh to utilize the farm for something um that is like different than just farming okay so we were really uh getting into the um, the golf space and we had a controlled release fertilizer technology and so there was a there was a company uh, a, a, a spinoff it was still part of the same company but it was a spinoff called Purcell Technologies Incorporated and so uh, my 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 father and I were we we call ourselves co founders of of the farm proper with with all the hospitality and all but we used um, hospitality to grow this particular um, fertilizer business, uh, selling to golf course superintendents from from really all across North America and, and some internationally. We hosted over ten thousand golf course superintendents over that time span, but we had to build a lot of assets out here in order to do that. This is a time when everybody else was, you know, going to a Holiday Inn Express, serving chicken sandwiches and beer and and talking about their products and what we did was we invited people from all across the country to come to the farm okay so we we called it the experience at farm links farm links is the name of the golf course and um and they would come here for three days two nights and we would um we would explain to them about the the technology the family history we we ate a lot of really good meals together (laughs) And um, but they got to know us, and I think the the real important thing. Yes, they got to understand the technology. There's a saying that says, I, "I heard and I forgot, I saw and I remembered, I did and I understood." So when they were here, they were able to 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 really disengage from what they were doing, like back at their course, and to, to really come and to learn and to understand this brand new fertilizer technology that we had. And it was it was such a such a great deal. My my parents were very much involved as well, and and we call it we we weaponize southern hospitality, <laughs> good food, well, great place to stay.
0: It is interesting because uh, when I think of the South, I think the of course I think of the whole history of our country. It was very agrarian, cotton, and all kinds of things. My folks are from the South. And so, uh, y- and fertilizer had to be key to raising cotton. That's what you g- your great grandfather was doing, right? Correct. Helping them figure out a way to make the r- the land richer.
3: Yes, except back then, uh, fertilizer came out of the back end of an animal. <laughs> you know what? Actually, <laughs> remember those progressed. days? Huh? <laughs> I remember
1: those
0: days. Actually, <laughs> that's how old I am too. What but of, uh, one of his marketing,
1: one of David's marketing tools uh, was a T-shirt in logo design. That was called the Connoisseurs of Manures. <laughs> and it, it really, that's where Shanks, the logo for the golf course here, came from. It began back in the fertilizer days as part of the fertilizer logo.
0: You know, while you're there, stay there. Because um, the one thing about David we haven't said yet, because there's a lot to say, is that he's an incredible artist and that's interesting, David, about, you know, you're a businessman and an artist. I would say, you know, I have a little bit of that because I'm a musician. I was a professional musician, but I also, like, ran things and companies, and, well, in public policy. And so I find that my left and right brain fight each other. We'll have to talk about that. But um, your artistry has, is something else that you've added to this. And so rather than me read it out or what David talking about, it, describe to our listeners what he does and and how— how successful in the arena in which he's done this?
1: Well, you know, David went to school at Auburn um, as a commercial artist. That's what his degree was, commercial art. And um, when he came onto the business, they needed a in-house marketing agency, and so David became that. And that's where it all started. He was doing all the logos, the point of purchase ads, and all the, all these things, um, but. So he used his art in the marketing realm. But as time went on, the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America started to commission him to do drawings of different famous golfers or individuals within the golf world um, into what they wanted to do at the big golf course show in Orlando was to get all the superintendents and individuals there around to like three huge buildings, you know, of product. And so they would give the uh, the people that showed up a card, like an 18th hole challenge, and they would get their hole, uh, hole punched at different places around the whole three buildings until they got to the 18th one. Then they would receive this artwork that David had done. And... Um, so there was this big presentation, you know, one was, you know, Greg Norman. That was interesting. And one was to Fincham, the Tim Fincham. Tim Fincham. Yeah. Um, but,
0: yeah, that's how he used his art and continues to. So his, st- his stuff, his art, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> his art is displayed at Greenbrier and Shoal Creek and Augusta National. Yes. And, of course, here, you hear Farm Link's golf uh, course is clubber here on this property. Yeah, yes. which has become world famous. In fact, it was number one in Alabama, and maybe still is, right?
3: Uh, yes, oh, it is. Oh, that's cute, for the, David. For <laughs> the 10th for the, for the, uh, consecutive year, number one in Alabama, which we're very, very proud of, given the, the Robert Trent Jones Trail is located here, and uh, it's nice to be, you know, on top.
0: One thing I want to, you know, because people listening are not going to be Look, they're like me. They're novices at fertilizer, and some are novices at golf. Which I'm more—I'm th- less than that. I don't even make that ranking. But um, I wanted to s- just explain that when I remember when we came last year, and, and the same thing this year, except we—we we haven't had time to look around this year yet. The grass, the co- is just mind-blowingly gorgeous, and it's hard to describe the color, the thickness and that's because i mean that's on purpose and that's because of your fertilizer what is the brand that what is the thing that became so popular well known and well used by golf courses <laughs>
3: yes it's a it's a uh, controlled release fertilizer technology called polyon and most people listening to this probably not going to know it but it's uh it became the number one selling uh, controlled release fertilizer in all of golf and still is today we sold that business in 2006. So, um, but it is it is amazing, and I will say that uh, you know that the Lord has a lot to do with uh, how green the grass is, and you know how much it rains and things like that. So, um, we we just play News a small flash. part in that. Newsflash! Yeah, yeah, yeah. News right.
0: <laughs> I'm going to ask you something different. I um, there is a war going on in the world now mm-hmm. against using fertilizer. And you've probably seen the farmers in uh, Holland striking uh farms are failing because uh the environmentalists are coming down hard on the use of fertilizer. I'd be really curious to know what you know about that and what you think about that
3: well, I think there are lots of wars going on right now and uh on 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 all different you know types of things but uh yes that's one of those and um so, uh, here, here's something I absolutely know is that without fertilizer, without fertilizer, about two thirds of the world is going to die because we don't have enough food and fertilizer makes things grow. So, uh yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand the whole environmental aspect of it, but I do think it's, it's taken to a, a lot of extremes, but, um, uh, you know, just to do away with fertilizer is not a good thing. There's a lot of things that have ramifications if you do it. Um, so, like
0: taking medicine with side effects. Oh, but yeah, but over absolutely. the overall it's a or religion. vaccines or
3: or whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah. so so um, so yes, there there has always been uh, an opposite side for you know for fertilizer and chemicals and things like that.
0: I want to ask you. You know, you've been in a farming family since you know, goes before you were born. Your your roots are in farming and the land. Um, and now you have developed this so beautifully, and it's a combination of things, and so much of it's nature. Not the buildings are beautiful too, but so much of it's just land and beauty of the natural beauty. So, um, and you're a Christian. You've already said that, and I'm glad you did, because I knew you were, but I hadn't gotten to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you feel about stewardship of the earth? Hmm. I think there's a tremendous con- confusion about that now, and I'd love to hear that from you, because this is your life. You deal with the land and nature, how, and you're a Christian. So how do you feel about stewardship of the earth? Well,
3: I, I think it goes beyond just of the earth. Um you know we're we're stewards of everything we're only uh you know granted so many years on this earth and i celebrate my 64th birthday sunday and i'm not looking forward to it you know because they're going by quickly now <laughs> however birthday. um you know so so yeah we are to steward um you know the the, the land and but even you know our, our lives and our possessions and you know god gives us influence and affluence and and all of that is to be you know stewarded and um so so I I'm I'm very passionate about that not just for stewardship's sake but you know as a believer um you know we realize that that we're given much and we're to provide much i mean we're 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 supposed to you know to give back and give away and that type of thing so And we're only, you know, again, you know, I realize that uh, life is fleeting, so.
0: Yeah, when you look at your, I think uh, it's really, you have a, I know, maybe it's not unique in this part of the country, but Americans are so nomadic, and they have, they live short histories, they don't, they're, you know, trying to figure out now, Ancestry.com, where they came from, who their families were, and you have a great, uh, rich understanding of your past, Mm. and I think in some ways it, I don't know if it makes it worse, or better to accept your your finality. You've got your great-grandfather, long gone, your grandfather, your father. You know, you see the generations. You have a sense of that because you know your history. So you know, you've always known that this is your time and there'll be some other time for your kids, which I'm going to get to the, in just a second. But I want to stay on this controversial thing for a second. I I don't know if you have an opinion about this, but I would be really be interested how you feel about um, Bill Gates who is buying up Acres and acres, thousands of acres, of farmland in the United States right now. So are the Chinese. Um, I'd just like to know what you think about that.
3: Um, I'm, I'm, you know, it's there's so many things that are happening now that um, that I question, and um, my my guess is is that it, there's 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 something at play here, which is bigger than us and uh I'm not sure that that you know it's the Chinese and Bill Gates that's the root of this uh they're the they're the you know the 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 action agents that are that are doing it but uh you know as as I mentioned there's there are wars going on now and um it's it's scary in a way it depends on how you look at it but it, but it's also prophesied and so um yeah i'm I'm I don't I don't get into conspiracy theories or anything like that, but some of this is just is pretty obvious to see what's going on. Yeah. And you know, one way to um, you know to 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 maybe control like farmlands and stuff is just to to buy it all up, right? Yeah. And and there are there are only a few players out there that can actually do that. So in our and our federal governments apparently not going to do anything about it at least not you know with who's in office right now so you
0: know I just it was in a briefing in Washington last week and I heard someone from the west give a give a, uh, a briefing on uh, the number the percentage of land that the government federal government owns in the west I don't know if this is something you're tracking with it's just a whole other issue but when you look at a map it's uh, it's over 50 percent of the land out in the western states which was supposed to have been when it was purchased, uh, or you know, became the United States, was so going to be supposed to be turned back to them. But it hasn't been. But the further than that, it's they are taking up more. And I saw photographs and graphs about the contrast between privately owned lands or state owned and the federally owned. And honestly, David, you would have had, and Ellen, you would have had. I just felt like wrenching. and I'm not a pr- farmer. Uh, pick, there was a side by side photo of they're burning, actually burning the forest. There were photo after photo of animals burned alive. I remember one of a type, um, uh, like a, um, a lion, not, you know, mountain lion, uh, in a tree trying to escape. And he's just his burned up corpse. And this is acre after acre. I'm not talking about one select picture, which is what the left does. I'm talking about acre after acre of destruction. And it seems to be intentional. It's the strangest, weirdest thing. And it's just one more of the creepy, horrible things that you alluded to. And those are my words, creepy, horrible things. Mm-hmm. I do agree with you, David, that it's, it is deeply spiritual. We know that Satan is getting more aggressive. And I think the, the, the forces that we see around the globe couldn't possibly coordinate. They're not that smart. We always maybe, I think, attribute them with more ability to coordinate than they have you know they they they're they're on the wings of the prince of this world. You know I think, but um, you didn't expect this conversation, did you? <laughs> yeah,
3: not really, but that's okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, all right. So um, now you are uh, you, most of your time then is spent with this Farm Links, which is still the golf portion of this, right? Your working time.
3: Um, actually not. Farm Links is just part of what we do here. Um, we have the you know the whole hospitality thing. We have a wedding venue. Hamilton oh, Place, cool. we have the Orvis Shooting Grounds here. So uh, it's more of a comprehensive thing. We've brought in a great uh, operating partner called Escalante Golf, and they're out of um, Fort Worth, Texas, and they're solid believers. They own courses all over the country. And so we're partnering with them to kind of run things, which allows uh, Ellen and I to, to be able to tr- travel and to, you know, go see other other places. Uh I'm still I'm still a dreamer. I've got uh <laughs> you know I still got some ideas that are not out of the bag yet of things that we would like to do out here. And um but again it's with it's it's kind of with the end in mind. If that's it's not that's not too morbid to talk about. No, but, not um, not to us. So no, it's no. it's very kingdom focused. Yeah. And um and we, you know, we realize we have a role to play.
0: Absolutely. Um, on a practical level, let's talk to Ellen Ellen, because I, I would just be curious to know, <laughs> you guys have traveled a lot, but as we talked earlier, it has been a lot of business. You've been to golf course. Have you been to like all the golf courses, the major ones in the world? No, David has. (laughs) But
1: with the travels and stuff, I've been able to go with him. And I took up golf when I married a man who played golf Uh, because I was not going to be left home. And so when we did travel, I was able to go with the men out to play. And the ladies would go shop. And that was fine with me. (laughs)
0: You're, You're like... (laughs) <laughs> oh, Ellen, we have a lot in common. I don't, I don't, I don't do ladies' events very well either. I yeah. guess I better take up golf. Except ladies now play to golf together, and yeah. they'll chat, chat that I'm not interested in. I'm just confessing. No, it's they'll not be more competitive
1: of... than you want them to be. Oh, will they? It's, easy, it's better
0: to play with the men. Oh, trust me. <laughs> okay, Rose, write that down. So we'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure that I get that right. Uh Ellen, you guys have six. Six children. Six children. And you raised them right here in this gorgeous, gorgeous space. Well, we began at the entrance of the farm. You might have
1: seen it, the two-story yellow house with the white picket fence. Okay. That was built in 1830. It's on a stacked rocked foundation. It's hand-hewn heart pine beams, logs in there. Wow. Two stories, but it's been covered with a wood facade over the years. You know, as people transition with, you know, construction, modernization, that's what they did. But... I cut through that when we left the house after 10 years because we took it on as part of our um, rentals for people to to stay if they wanted to. So we redid it and I exposed a lot of the wood beams so people could see the age of the home. But we started there and then we built over here in 1990 and um, yeah, we've been here since so My four girls were brought home from the hospital to that house, and the twins
0: were born over here, well, weren't born here, but you know. I'm curious, Ellen, you both are uh, followers of Jesus. I I know that. So how has this life that you guys have led um, affected your faith? Oh, wow. Well, all the, after 42 years,
1: yeah, of, (laughs) of being married and... We've had we've had health issues hit our family. Three of our um, six kids and David, a month after we were married, came down with type 1 diabetes, and they were all infants. So that was traumatizing for a young mom, and, um, you know, their insulin was life support. So you were up in the night setting your alarm clock to check blood sugars or give shots if they were high or give them a snack if they were low. Um, and that was constant. And all that, you know, is is hard you know you think okay one child but then okay two and by the time the third rolled around I can remember I was laying in my bathtub thinking lord there were no tears by now on this time it's like I guess you think I can handle it you know so we've had other things that have happened with with our family and um that have been really really tough um but it just makes us dig in deeper with our faith and the study of God's Word and seeking hope in His Word and direction through His Word and um, turning our hearts to praise and worship to take our mind off the things that are occurring around us, um, it's just, that's just been our
0: life, really, of all these years. You know, someone told me once, and I think it's true, whom God must would use much must suffer much. I find that to be true. And so I'm not, your story doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, when he gives you a really big task, there's a, it's not that he wants you to suffer, it's just he has to, you have to be prepared. And we are our human, in our humanity, we are just so, what do they call that word? We change. We change. We're not steady and steadfast as God is. And God has to work really hard, I think, to get us ready to handle big things. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely! I want,
1: I learned so much during our times of despair, um, and the word I understood with each one there was a new understanding of God's word, and I came upon the passage that I read a zillion times about uh, He's the He's the master of the garden, and um, we're the branch off the vine, and and it came clear when I read in that portion of Scripture that those that he wants to become more fruitful, more fruitful. That means you've already been producing fruit, but he wants you to bear more fruit. He's going to prune you. And and I was like, okay, I understand it. You know, I don't like it, you know, but okay, help, you know, help my unbelief. That whole thing just help me to press in.
0: And you did. Obviously you did, Ellen. That's, <clears throat> mm-hmm. yeah. And so... You're married to this guy, and you guys are partnering. This is life, you know, and, mm-hmm. and this is why, you know, when I said you guys have an abundant life, I'm not, I wasn't really saying, look how lucky you, or something like that. I'm not really saying, I'm talking about scripturally, it's, uh, God has given you deep experiences. It sounds like tragic as mm-hmm. well as wonderful, mm-hmm. and so many resources which you've used so faithfully. It's it's a beautiful thing to see when God works in people's lives like this, mm-hmm. it's a thing of beauty. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, so David, you said you had more ideas of things you want to do, so what what else would what's there left? What's the horizon you haven't done yet?
3: Well, I said the cat was uh not out of the bag yet, so I can't I can't oh you t- can't tell me I can't just well, tell my
0: audience they won't tell anyone well
3: um so it it um, you know the the Lord gave me a vision for this place. We have thirty two hundred acres of property here, and uh, we only use. Maybe a fifth of that right now. So there's, wow. there's, it's a beautiful farm and it's all part of the, you know, the, the view shed and everything. It's, it's all part of it, the experience and all, and people being able to come out in God's creation and, and enjoy his, his majesty. But, um, I think there's maybe something more purposeful, um, that, uh, that I'm, this is a project that I'm working on. This is probably going to be my, my final big thing that I do in my life. Uh, I was, I was talking to my kids last night. Uh, some of them had me to a little birthday, uh, dinner up in Birmingham. And, you know, we were talking about this project and, and the fact that, you know, it's, it's stewardship that our family's doing. And it was really a charge to them. And, and of course they know all about it. You know, they, they were raised out here. They know, they know they've, known everything about the company and and I've been very upfront and honest with them but this you know the the beauty of our family really from our perspective as we look at it is you know our our kids get get the vision and they're all you know walking with the lord and um
0: that is just not normal you know it isn't when you have a, I was just talking with Ellen earlier about this when you have a a huge enterprise notoriously the next generations <clears throat> just can't quite get what the father or the grandfather really wanted to do and uh, maybe carries on in a a way that enriches their lives but mm-hmm. does not carry forward the vision mm-hmm. so that's remarkable what did you do with your kids what did you do to instill in them the importance of stewardship
3: um, well, I think a lot of it had to do with them being raised out here rather than in a city. Um, we always knew that, uh, you know, who was coming over, like other people's kids, um, who was coming over, when they were coming, and when they were leaving. And uh, it was it, it was it was really all about you know protecting our kids, but also they were very much involved. They've all worked out here at the farm at some point in time, which is great. They've all made contributions to it. They've seen it come up out of the ground, literally. They could—any of my kids could, you know, tell pretty much the same story as we're telling right now. And um, so from a stewardship standpoint, I mean, I was—you know, fortunately for—I mean, Ellen and I both were were raised with Christian parents, and she was raised in Tallahassee. I was raised out here— and and I just watched my you know my father and how he fathered. I mean that's how do you, how do you learn how to be a father? You you generally take from the father that you had. I had a great father and mother and and uh, being raised in the in this fertilizer business. And I can remember sitting at the table listening to all the things that were going on in the fertilizer business, which I didn't fully understand. But I but I knew it was the family business, and it was kind of like. Well, there's nowhere else I want to work than than here. And uh, but when my parents took it, it it then took more of a spiritual overtone rather than just business. And, uh, you know, so that's really what we have tried to do uh, with our children is to make sure that they they get it. It's not something that we're just going to hand down to them for them to kind of split it up and go make money on it. They know. I mean, th- that's not even a question in our family and uh and so now it's it's really interesting because God's really blessing the farm and um so you know i think we feel good about the future out here with our kids and even even the as, you know the in-laws they they get it as well so uh and our grandkids are now you know <laughs> becoming part of it yeah. so you know that's very satisfying to sure. you know to parents
0: absolutely wonderful uh, ellen um Let's get practical for a second. If I don't really know the answer to this. If people wanted to come visit you here, can individuals come? Is it just groups? How? Because uh, people are listening that might want to do both. But what's the rule? You mean to come to Purcell Farms? Yes, yes. Well, they would need to call...
1: to to uh see what rooms are available and make reservations for spa treatments or shooting uh guns at orvis or playing golf i mean shoot we've even had guests come to our place for (laughs) cider you know in the winter times they they run these yeah yeah here at our house (laughs) They uh they have the UTV rides that take place here on the yeah, farm. Yeah, fun. And
0: we've we've been on that. Yeah, nice and dirty doing that. So they come through <laughs> our yard, basically the pasture here in front of us,
1: and um, at times we'll offer that. You know, they can make a reservation to come stop in to see the owners of the property and have tea or have. So that. the
0: answer is any anybody could come. Yes, uh, groups absolutely. and individuals. Okay, mm-hmm. Purcell farms and I'm sure you're online too absolutely okay yes. all right well that's great to know i have one last question for you david i saw some of your artwork in the basement I, that stuff you've done in the past what are you working on now
3: um that i'm, I'm working on a couple of uh, private commission type things but um the the last one i had done before uh those uh was a portrait of billy graham right after he passed away um and that that actually, uh, the original of that is at Church of the Highlands home office in Birmingham. It's one of the largest churches in the United States, but it's also where we belong. And uh before that I did Martin Luther King just because I was interested in you know, in, in his his ministries, his personality and, and he was a big dreamer, uh obviously um uh, so many. Um, there have been a few people like Dale Earnhardt that I've done that, that were just kind of out of out of the the blue. Um, uh, Gomer Pyle, who, who introduced my parents to one another uh, back in the early did he, 1950s. did he sing at their wedding? He did. <laughs> he did indeed. How he did was I best did? man and ushered, <laughs> and that was ten years before he made it on the Andy Griffith show. Oh. So, uh, I, and I tell people, I, I said, you know, I, I owe my very existence to Gomer Pyle, <laughs> which is true, and your husband, Ellen. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I've I've. Um, it's it's something that i get to do i don't got to do it now but i'm i'm just a very creative person i've got to have an outlet for that uh ellen ellen's the same way with her decorating and things i I thought
0: all she did was raise the children that's what she started out saying Heck no, she's
3: she's amazing she she is truly a co-founder maybe even more than a co-founder of this place yeah
0: well it's been a delight david and ellen purcell thank you what a great story uh, beautiful property, and it's wonderful to see. Have a front row seat to see how God has blessed you. And uh, I will look forward to that secret thing you got in your head you're working on. We'll talk about that next time, okay? Yeah. All, for right, sure. this, all right. This mm-hmm. has been Sandy Rios 24 7. This is Sandy Rios 24 7 on American Family Radio. Well, I told you we got more than we bargained for. We were going to talk about cell Farms <laughs> and the beauty of it and how they built it, but it was the conversation just went other places. And I actually, personally, really enjoyed and was enriched by our conversation with David and Ellen. Um, um, and that conversation can only take place with great sponsors. So let me tell you first uh, that we are grateful to Preborn for being our sponsor. Uh, and and over the past 16 years, Preborn has partnered with pregnancy clinics in the highest abortion cities and regions across this country. All the ultrasounds given to women in Los Angeles, Chicago, and east coast of Florida are provided by Preborn. That'll get, just give you an idea of the scope. And the other thing is that Preborn doesn't just uh, help save babies' lives by providing these ultrasounds, but they also are very clear about who Jesus is about forgiveness, redemption, new life, new beginnings, and uh, they've had tremendous success uh, winning women who are just struggling and confused to Christ. So more than one life is saved in this process. All right, so if you'd like to help, just go to your phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby, that's pound 250 baby, or go to preborn.com slash Sandy, that's preborn.com slash Sandy. All right. I'm going to include my husband, Bruce. He joins me every day, and so many of you have said that you enjoy what he has to say, and so do I. So we have that in common. Um, Bruce, thanks for joining me, honey.
2: Glad to be here.
0: All right, so that was quite the discussion that we had with David and Ellen, don't you think?
2: Yes, it was. They are two very, uh, I don't want to just say interesting. They're a lot more than interesting. They're actually kind of fascinating in what they do, and they're very deep people
0: and they invited us to their home uh which i which made it even more special so mm. we got to go in both of us in the basement and see david's artwork uh it, it, he's he's just amazing we got to see it for ourselves
2: yes uh i am sort of a frustrated architectural designer type person in in some ways i think that should have been my uh profession except i i couldn't do the math in school so i couldn't be an architect but between the decoration and the architecture that Ellen has overseen in their home and the artwork and, and architecture that David has created, I was on sensory overload when we were in their house. I mean, everywhere I looked was just absolutely beautiful.
0: So here's the irony, though. You know, uh, the golf world is really their world. I think it was David's world. And he's the one that brought in the, the whole research for golf courses. That was his vision. And Ellen told me off the air that uh, in, for, in self-defense, she had to learn to play golf <laughs> in order to be married to him. And now she loves it. But here's me. Uh, here's me, Bruce. I've never played golf in my life. I have no interest in golf. Well, ex- pardon me, all you golfers. I just haven't. Prior to this moment, uh, but that doesn't mean I don't respect the sport, or, but, but I, have no, I have no language for it. You know, I've always said through the years of doing live radio, there are two things I can't talk about, and that's sports and dogs. So don't ask me about sports and dogs. But honestly, I, this was intriguing, and it, it was fascinating to me. But we got more than we bargained for because David and Ellen are very deep spiritually. And you know what I thought about, Bruce? When we are created, we are created in God's image. And so when you see people who are so gifted in so many areas and they bring that beauty out so that others can see it, not only in his artwork, but the land, uh, the, the grass is just incredible there. It's just hard to describe. But the buildings they bring out of the way God's created them, they bring this incredible beauty and then they spread that worldwide. I just think that's the heart of God. It's pretty fascinating to me.
2: Yes, well, if I had to pick some words to describe the Purcells, I would say a vision they both have a vision of what they would like to do with their property, sharing um they're not just sitting there sitting on what they have and and enjoying it, and hospitality um they've made a lifestyle of offering their their beautiful property to other people so that they can relax, refresh, be um, educated, uh, be uh, given business opportunities. Rest. Um, (laughs) Yes, I mean, these, you know, we see so many people that when they get blessed by the Lord, they start to think, you know, this is all my doing, (laughs) and it's all mine, and I'm going to sit back, and I'm not gonna work anymore, I'm not going to extend myself, and I'm just going to enjoy what I have. Now, if they wanted to, the Purcells could be that. But I think if you wanted to go 180 degrees opposite, that's who they are.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And I think that's why God just continues to bless them, because that's what God does, you know. People that are generous. I mean, oh no, the the our our name it and claim it friends. And I say that respectfully because I believe we are our brothers and sisters in Christ. We'd have a very big difference of opinion on prosperity. Uh, God does bring prosperity to people that serve Him. Often He does that. But I and I but it's not you know you don't uh, you don't uh, give uh, for that motive and because it doesn't always happen. I think the people who used to be starving in Ethiopia probably gave and. They still starved. So you can't, that's not a hard, fast rule, but I think God does for the most part in a, a, a place that has order. He prospers those who serve him, and especially those that are generous. So it was refreshing. It was wonderful, and we were very grateful for that time. All right, well, uh, I think that's about it. Anything else, babe?
2: No, just uh, I wanted to thank the Purcells for having all of us, yeah. because it was a wonderful three, four days there, yeah. and I think everyone just was marveling at how beautiful a place and how nice the people the staff was amazing yeah. everything was great
0: yeah it was and we gained a few pounds in the process <laughs> the Okay, food was yeah, good, the food was
2: good.
0: Okay. <laughs> all right well listen thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed this uh we have a lot more great shows in the pot as they say i've got a long list of people i want to book people i can't get to all of it uh but it, we never run dry here because the world is filled with fascinating people great stories good and bad. And we will be presenting those to you because that is part of life. So I hope you will continue to enjoy Sandy Rios 24-7.